Hello, everyone. Dr. Stillman here again with Jim Laird. We are coming to you live today, and we are going to be talking to you about the importance of habits, consistency, expectations, and cognitive flexibility. And the quote of the day is, we are the sum of our actions, and therefore our habits make all the difference. This is one of my favorite quotes, the uh, philosopher Aristotle. And the topic today uh, was inspired by, or is inspired by this podcast I call it called Building the Elite. If you like good podcasts, check out their podcast. They have a really incredible book as well that I actually recommend to people. And people who don't know what they are, they are a podcast or rather a service that focuses on training um, uh, men who are going into uh, special forces or special operations. And so I wanted to talk to Jim today about the importance of expectations and cognitive flexibility, which was their podcast episode. And Jim and I struggle with this with our people all the time, which is that people have uh, very, very, very high expectations of themselves. And often they have unrealistic expectations based on their strategy. And cognitive flexibility is about being willing to change your mental model and mental map of the world, learn from your experiences, change your strategy, and also accept when things don't go uh, the way that you want them to go. So Jim, we do this all the time. We talk about this all the time, although we don't really talk about talking about it all the time. <laughs> it's a play on words. I know. I, I just don't think people realize in order to have exceptional results, how mundane and how unexciting that is. Um, even with health, the things you need to do to be healthy are not exciting. They're not flashy. It's a combination of habits that are done consistently daily over a period of months, years. And the opposite of that, that is true. Uh, un being unhealthy is the combination of bad habits done over years. And some people have the ability to do more bad habits for longer and get away with a lot more than other people do. And uh, that's just kind of how, how the world works. works. You've, you've got, got that curve, curve right? you've got your upper yeah. tail. Where no matter what these people do, your Dennis Rodman, your Keith Richards, your uh, you know people that can you know Dennis Rodman could drink all night and then go play in a NBA playoff game and be an, uh, an All Star MVP. Um, Keith Richards, tons of drug abuse. People like Ozzy Osbourne who have destroyed their body for decades and is still you know living. Uh, he's not in the greatest shape now, but he's lived, you know he's lived to eighty. Uh, despite, you know, massive physical abuse. And then you've got the people on the other end who relatively don't do anything or are just sick. And then you've got these people in the middle that are kind of, you know, waving back and forth. So, um, you know, people, like a lot of people get upset with me because I talk about a lot of the same things over and over again. And if you listen to a lot of podcasts I've done with my clients over the years, They'd be like, man, we'd come into the gym and Jim would just talk about the same thing over and over again. Or we're on a call. And I remember we're on a call here recently with somebody and I was like, well, what about this? Well, I know that. What about this? Well, I know that. Well, what about this? Well, I know that. And I know that. And I know that. Well, I'm like, why are you actually doing it? No. <laughs> so, you know, there's a big disconnect between knowledge and actual yeah, absolutely. And one of the most, most important things about this, as far as expectations go, is that I had a friend who used to say, happiness equals um, expect or uh, reality divided by expectations, by which he meant, you know, the higher your expectations and then the worse your reality, the more miserable you're going to be. 
And a lot of people have these expectations about their health that are unrealistic. Unrealistic. They are shaped by the narratives in the media, shaped by the narratives in the conventional health and wellness world, shaped by the narratives of doctors, clinics, and all these uh, different actors in the healthcare sector, many of which have perverse incentives to not treat patients well, to get them on the medication train, constantly taking meds, constantly popping, you know, never, never ending uh, array of supplements, constantly coming back for visits. Really the healthcare sector and system is there's not a lot of incentive to empower people to be well. It's one of the most challenging things about what you and I do because we'll lose, um, you know, clients in your case, patients in mine, when we're really radically honest with them about what we think is going to happen for them. Uh, based on the strategy that they're employing and their expectations for that strategy, right? So a classic example of this would be somebody who comes in, doesn't want to take the time, doesn't want to put in the effort, doesn't want to put in the work of being well, doesn't want to implement healthy habits, doesn't want to change their lifestyle. And we respect when people have certain things in their life that they didn't anticipate happening, right? Deaths in the family, unexpected illnesses, you know, having to go out on a limb for friends, family, you know, having to raise kids on your own because of an unexpected death, divorce, you know, a parent that lost their mind. Any of these things we've seen, you know, over the years taking care of people or in Jim's case, coaching people is much the same thing. And the reality is that though that we really do want to be frank and honest with people about the fact that if they don't change their strategies on a fundamental level to the most optimal for creating health and well-being, then invariably they're going to be disappointed with the outcomes and the reality that they get. And they have to be cognitively flexible enough to change their strategies, change their expectations, and cope with what is invariably the stress of uh, disappointment from um, you know, different strategies not working out. Because even when you, know, you and I you know, give the patient the best advice, the best information, and they execute it well, sometimes we're still left with frustration and with a lack of results. Uh, and a lot of doctors I've noticed and a lot of wellness influencers don't talk about this. They just talk about the newest shiny object. They just talk about the newest, most interesting study. But the reality of getting people well, keeping people well, really actually working with real people in the real world is that you're constantly managing expectations and you're constantly asking questions of, why is this not working the way we want it to? What is the most important next step? How big of a therapeutic value will we get from anything? Ashwagandha, TRT, bioidentical hormones, sunlight, walking outside three times a day. I mean, any of these things is an upside, there's a downside, there's a risk, there's a benefit. Um, and this is the battle that we you know, fight. It feels like a fight a lot of the time with people is trying to, trying to help get them into a realistic set of expectations and a realistic lifestyle that's gonna work for them and gonna get the, the results that they want. And one of the most important things that we impress on people is that modern life's tearing you away from the things that are building up your health. And that's one of the most important things that, you know, we have to be real with you about because people who are not explaining that to you in a blunt, frank way, we don't see them getting the results quite honestly that a lot of them talk about getting. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it's, um, we have to make almost deliberate choices in our life now between being sucked into the modern life meat grinder, which has a lot of benefits as far as like not actually having to do work and things like that. Um, you know, you're not doing manual labor on a farm and, and all those sort of things, but it also has consequences, trade-offs where, you know, your circadian rhythm is messed up. You're emotionally, you're mentally, 
distressed. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're addicted to dopamine, you're addicted to your phone, you know, so in the future, we're going to have to make conscious choices of, I'm going to find a way to get better food. I'm going to make sure that I manage the technology so it doesn't own me. You know, I'm going to make the effort to do manual labor, walk outside, do yard work. I'm going to commit to these things and I'm going to focus on the process instead of focusing on the end goal. I'm going to focus on the things that I need to do to achieve those things and actually enjoying the, the, the process and the um, discomfort, honestly, of uh, the monotony of doing the basics over and over and over again. Right. I think one of the biggest mistakes that uh, people make is that they underestimate the value of fundamental daily habits which is why we started with the quote that we started with, because it's hard to believe that things that are so seemingly inconsequential could be more important and impactful than something really dramatic and intense, like say a high intensity interval training session. You know, we see so many people coming to us and it was funny the other day we were in the gym and we saw a bunch of people going into a hit class and you said, Leland, every, watch every single person who walks into that hit class is going to be overweight. And you were right. And people will say, oh, well, look, the hit class attracts the people who want to lose weight because it's hit. And that's the whole goal. But you said, look, here's the reality. You're speaking from the, uh, from the perspective of someone who's been training people for almost you know, the better part of, of uh, certainly the better part of three decades now. Uh, when you get into that hit environment, the stress really has a negative effect on your hormones, a negative effect on your autonomics it wrecks your HRV, it can ruin your sleep. And that's why when people will, will adopt this strategy with the expectation that the HIIT training, and this is just one example, right, is going to be the solution to their weight or their energy or their body composition, when in fact it becomes part of their problem because there's a disconnect between their expectations and reality. The expectation is because this is dramatic, because it's intense, because it's miserable, because they hurt, or pain is weakness leaving the body, uh, you know, no pain, no gain, because it fits into a lot of these mainstream narratives, it must be the solution. When in fact, you and I will see people come into the program and work out less, eat more, sleep more, and gain muscle mass, lose dress sizes, lose, lose inches, feel better, have more energy, and yet we made their life simpler and not more complicated. And that's really, frankly, why we do what we do is because we're able to get those kinds of results. Well, you know, if you take somebody, you know, there's nothing wrong with throwing hit in from time to time for people. Mm. Uh, the problem is, is with your only tool in the toolbox, most people are not prepared metabolically or physiologically to handle those sort of stresses. So that class becomes a survival thing for about 80% of the people in the class instead of starting with building a foundation and doing some low to moderate intensity stuff, preparing the body through good movement, building strength so they can actually apply a lot of real force in these classes. Um, and then they tend to be too long, you know, like um, when you're doing high effort things like sprinting and things like that, if it can last for 45 minutes to an hour, then it's not intense enough. Right. And most of the people are most of the general population today is nowhere in that has the general physical preparedness to handle any kind of high intensity work. It's just exciting. Music is loud. And people are high-fiving each other. And, 
and all that sort of thing. And of course, it's going to work for some people and it's, it's not going to work for others. And then there's a group in the middle that kind of struggles. But most of these people, it's like I, I spoke at Paleo FX. I think that's where I met Jack Bruce. But one of my speech was, you know, using using exercise to try and solve a lifestyle problem is like putting a Band-Aid on a wound that needs to be stitched. And uh, that's a lot of people are trying to fix a modern lifestyle through high intensity exercise. And it doesn't end well for most people. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and yet their expectations are, are otherwise. And that's why we'll see people who are doing hit training. They're overdoing it, working out too hard. They're not resting enough. They're not working in enough compared to how much they're working out. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with hard training if you're prepared for it. And if you dose it right. Right. Just like anything, like if you take the right dose for the right period of time, um, you know, everything has its place. Right. And I used to have a sign on the exit of my gym that said the real work starts now. Uh, do they come in and train in three hours? You know, usually three hours. Most people train me two to three times a week. So they're with me for two and a half, three hours. But I would tell them everything that you do once you leave the gym affects the ability for what you can do in here. And that's where a lot of people don't don't understand. And they kind of lose it. They're like, oh, you know, I'm going to work hard here in the gym. And then they don't understand that everything they do, the sleep, the walking outside, the eating good food, allows them to get more out of the gym. So the work, you know, the work that needs to be done, my, my friend Joel Jameson, who is, you know, an expert on, on metabolic conditioning, especially for met, met, uh, MMA athletes, he talks about, um, you know, um, it takes so much more discipline to like go to sleep at a decent hour to not be drinking alcohol late at night it's so much easier to go out with your friends than it is to get in bed at a decent hour to eat different you know uh you know that that's true discipline um you know so um a lot of people forget about that end of things uh and they just focus on the fun the fun exciting part right right and the other thing that we run into with people is that they're expecting 30 year old results from a 50 year old or 60 or 70 year old body. I could just as well say they're expecting 18 year old results from a 30 year old body. Many of them don't have an appreciation for the underlying changes in their physiology that are taking place in many cases, irrevocably. And, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for unavoidably with aging and the strategies they're employing later in life, to get the same results they were able to get with those strategies 20 or 30 years earlier are not working for them. A lot of them need to permanently revise their expectations. And this is one reason why we see the bioidentical hormone industry taking off in, at such an incredible pace in 2023. I mean, five, 10, 15 years ago, not that many people were doing it. Now it's like, it feels like every corner has a HRT clinic on it. There's a, a lot of reasons for that, which I won't get into right now. But one of the number one reasons is that you cannot get 20 year old results without 20 year old levels of hormones. And the only way to do that as you get older, as you go through menopause for men, as you go through andropause is to use supplemental hormones. And we see many, many men, you know, in our, in our practice with uh, low or sub, sub uh, normal, low normal, I should say, testosterone levels, uh, which is a whole other story. And what we see in these men is that they're worn down by their work. Their sleep is disrupted by any number of different things. Uh, they're tired. They're fatigued. They don't get enough sunlight. They're not doing enough um, in the, the way of exercise. Many of them are going to the gym and they're substituting intensity for duration. And then they wonder why they're burned out and tired because their workouts are insane. 
many of them are driving terrible biomechanics with their workouts, which are putting them on track to disable themselves at an early age and helping clue them into all of these failed strategies or failing strategies and unrealistic expectations is one of the most important things that we do. Because if some, if no one really talks to them about what their, you know, their reality is at 45 versus 25, what we see overwhelmingly in the TRT and the testosterone replacement therapy and HRT hormone replacement therapy worlds is that many, many practitioners, you know, it's just a simple matter of, okay, your level's low. We're going to start you on this dose and increase you to this dose and we'll recheck you in three to four months. And that's going to get your hormones into a good place, but it's not going to fix underlying dietary and lifestyle patterns that are causing these dysfunctions of hormonal axes, which is why, you know, with our programs, we don't, we don't just throw people on hormones. We actually schedule a lot of time with them to fix their diet, fix their lifestyle and get to the bottom of why their testosterone may be low, why maybe they're having progesterone dropout as a woman in their thirties that's abnormal and causing dysfunctional uh, uterine bleeding or excessive heavy periods and things like that. I've always said that one of the best places to open a hormone clinic, and if you go do this, I, I want a royalty on it, but it's right next to a spinning studio. <coughs> you got all these women that are, you know, highly stressed and, and uh, running around with chickens with their head cut off, and they go in and get screamed at for an hour while pedaling on a bike, and then they all go get lattes and cheesecake after. Um, yeah. And they wonder why they feel exhausted. So the, the hormone uh, clinic right next to the spinning studio would be a, would be a money printing press machine. So, yeah, and, and young women, you know, teens, 20s, they get away with it because they have the physiologic reserve due to their youth. You know, they can't eat whatever, but they can eat a way wider variety of foods and such uh, than, uh, than women who are older. And the reason is simply that they have a higher levels of hormones no matter what, and B, they have uh, high, lower heteroplasmy rates, healthier mitochondria. Even if their hormone levels are lower, their body's able to compensate more. And as people get older, the expectation is that that resiliency is going to be there. That is not the, the case. One of the biggest mistakes I see people making 40s, 50s, 60s is that they're planning to have the resiliency of a 30-year-old or a 20-year-old, and thing, the chicken has come home to roost, and all of a sudden they're balancing a very busy career, owning a business, having kids, you know, staying on top of and engaged with and involved with their marriage and so on and so forth. And they can't do it. They can't do all these things when their health is falling apart on them because they've overcommitted and they've burned themselves out. Drugs really help people get into this place. In a, and I mean that in the worst possible way. It allows them to basically steal, and you like, you like to use the phrase borrow energy from the future. Basically what they're, uh, they're doing is they're using drugs in order to compensate for fundamental problems in their diet and lifestyle. The drugs are able to mask the problem, but the, the problem then becomes more and more and more severe under the hood, so to speak. It's like continuing to drive your car where, when the engine is knocking. If you do that, you're liable to wind up in the shop. And instead of just needing a cheap part that can be replaced overnight, you may need to have your engine completely replaced or rebuilt. And that's where a lot of people come to us at you know, their mid 40s, 50s, and 60s. That's one of the things we caution young people, teens, 20s, 30s. Uh, they need to be really careful with their habits because they're setting them up for the health or disease that they're going to have in 5, 10, 20, 15, you know, 30 years. Well, yeah, our modern life is giving us a, a set of habits that are not good for our long-term health. You know, right. whereas 50, you know, 50, 60 years ago, 
you know, mowing your grass, going outside, spending time with your family, you know, all these things that happen naturally are, are things that are positive for your health. But, you know, this whole next generation is, you know, developing the TikTok habit and the Instagram habit, and the video game habit. And the, really toxic and habits. The pornography habit and the, not having relationships with people, like the relationships are over the phone and uh, via technology, which is great. But, you know, all these habits, you know, not going outside, being indoors 93% of the time, all these things are going to have massive consequences. So, you know, we're going to have to educate people and, and, and introduce them to getting some of these habits into their, into their life to substitute for these habits that they've basically been, you know, think about it. You know, you're, we're going to have here in the next like 10 years, people that have had a, a screen in front of them from the time they were one and a half, two years old, all the way through, you know, that's never, it's never happened. So it's, it's going to be, giant it's gonna be a, little, a little crazy, I think, and particularly in the mental health department. Yeah. And it's no mystery to us why young people today are more depressed, suicidal and confused than ever before. So I think that's enough for today. All right, boss. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, link tree below if you want to find out more about working with us. We've got a weight loss seminar coming up. Uh, and we we're, we're speaking at Arcapoco um, this weekend. On Saturday, yeah. That's also in the link tree as well. Free. It's free. Yeah. All right, everyone. Take care. Hope you enjoyed this. Leave your comments and questions in, in the uh, chat below. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe.